Hello everyone, my name is Sam Blum and I cover the Angels for the Athletic and this is our new Angels podcast, Calling All Halos. This podcast is going to provide an unbiased look at the Angels. I mean, we're going to be talking about the important big picture topics surrounding this team and really about baseball in general and we're trying to figure out why the Angels are the way they are. So I'm going to be joined now by my co-host, the former Sports Illustrated baseball editor and really my good friend, that's why he's here, Connor Grossman. Connor, introduce yourself a little bit. We want to learn more about you. What's up, Sam? We've come a long way from our days at the Daily Orange at Syracuse University. Super excited we're doing this. We're both giant baseball fans. Speaking of giant, I did grow up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up a Giants fan. I grew up watching that horrible, awful, no good 2002 World Series. Uh, My eighth birthday occurred during that World Series. And we don't need to discuss that on this podcast because we're going to be busy unpacking the current state of the Angels, what they are, what they are not. And I just think it's super, super interesting to figure out where the Angels kind of fit into the landscape of baseball today. So I'm super excited for our podcast. Little does Connor know, and he's finding this out right now, I have invited all of his childhood friends from that eighth birthday party to come on our next episode to relive his <laughs> tears and his sadness as, uh, you know, Scott's Can't wait. hits a three That's going to be homer. good listening for everyone. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to enjoy it. But really, I mean, Connor brings, you know, this outsider perspective, and he's, you know, in my opinion just like a baseball genius he really understands the sport well and i think you all are going to enjoy listening to him and and you know hopefully you'll tolerate me but we're going to be re- recording our podcast every couple weeks and, and kind of just as news dictates um you know it's not a fan podcast by any means uh we're not fans of the angels as we just kind of discussed a little bit we're going to give it to you straight really every time there's no agenda here if you're looking for only good news this podcast is not for you uh, the topics are going to be big picture, kind of ed- existential in a lot of ways, and hopefully you'll find them to be relevant. And and really our plan is to bring in you know other guests throughout the year, maybe other co-hosts at times to kind of mix things up, and, and really just anybody who's willing to talk to us and who's got an interesting perspective, you know, that's that's what we're hoping to kind of get out of this. And we hope you enjoy, and you know, feel free to let us know if you do or if you don't. You know, We're on Twitter, or if you've got email, you can find my address somewhere online and send me a letter, whatever you like. So transitioning over to our first episode, uh, we finally got the privilege to talk to Artie Moreno. He has been an enigma, to say the least. Three years uh, since he's done a media scrum of some kind. Uh, you know, obviously he spoke with Tom Verducci of Sports Illustrated a week prior to this scrum, but this was really the first time he's to answer questions from local reporters and you know put the transcript online on the athletic.com you know done a column about it as well but i think that we're going to really hone in on a couple of key points from his media availability in this episode and in particular i want to talk about really what he said about his investments and when i say investments i'm really talking about players that he signed to long-term deals i mean not always long-term deals there are some short-term deals that i think we can talk about to some extent as well but you know, his, I mean, to me, the, the big question that I asked him was, you know, does he take responsibility for this last eight years? And, you know, does, when he looks back at the losing, you know, they haven't been to the playoffs in eight years. That ties kind of the current major league record with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, you know, does he take responsibility for that? And his reply was basically to defend himself and say that he's constantly spending money every year and that he's like, people never want to talk about the good investments. He only want to talk about the bad ones. And then he proceeded to list off three players that he signed 
all of the most recent was 16 years ago uh tory hunter in 2007 so i mean mm-hmm. it's, it's that's a little ridiculous i don't know i mean it's that's that's what i want to talk about with you connor i mean how do you kind of when you read those comments and what do you think to me it read like a classic deflection in that in Artie's mind, perhaps, he's like, I'm not the one with the bat in the batter's box. I don't have the ball in my hand on the pitcher's mound. I'm doing my job by paying players. And if professional players that I'm paying aren't good enough to win us baseball games, well, sometimes that's just, you know, the chips fall where they may. And they've been falling that way for eight straight years. So, yeah, when I read his non-answer, I thought, well, he put a shield up and said, I'm not going to take the blame, right? Here's what I would say to that. It's not a non-answer. In fact, I think it's the answer for everything the Angels kind of have, and it's always and it goes to the root of their problem. The not the answer should have been, I take responsibility for the losing. I'd like to see some changes. I'd like to be part of that change, create that change, and I think we need to get back to winning. And that's why I decided not to sell the team. That's the only acceptable mm-hmm. answer, I think. And to, to basically say, as you said, a deflection, which I, I think is accurate, yes, but it isn't the whole story to me. The whole story to me is, you know, well, this is what we do every year, and I don't ever, and he just doesn't see why it doesn't work, right? Because it doesn't but work. In, but in your ideal answer, you're saying that he has changes, you know, loaded up in the holster that he's ready to unleash. But does it sound like to you he has any changes? No, he's he doesn't. Ready to make? And, that, and that's why it was so good to talk to him to figure to just to nail that right. down, right? Just to nail down that there wasn't going to be any material change. That I mean, that at least he telegraphed to us when he spoke mm-hmm. on Saturday morning. So that's right. that's what I took. You know, it wasn't like, like, hey, like, yeah, we got, uh, you know, we're gonna start spending more money. I mean, I thought there were any number of things he could have said, like, yeah, well, we'll start spending more money. We're gonna start reinvesting in our minor league player development. You know, instead of saying we're gonna reinvest, he started. He basically made this point that they've always been investing in it, which is, I mean, mm. there's just so much evidence to the contrary. So I, that's like, it's just a matter of with the Angels that they, if it, if it, you know, the old saying is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But with the Angels, it's like they just, they're just totally deluded to the fact that it is broke right there's no other explanation for this right i mean i don't know what do you, is it not yeah. broken what, what am no I, I mean look it sounds like from everything already said and from everything you're saying the overarching headline that ties all of his answers together is that the status quo will remain including me already as the owner is that right yeah yeah i mean and and i think that's why people were so upset when he decided not to sell the team what people were so excited when he was said he was going to do it i mean in his comment uh, it was really one of the last questions asked on Saturday, and he basically alluded to the quote-unquote vocal minority. I mean, we did a fan survey on our <laughs> website where, I, I mean, the people were asked to rate his work. I mean, this was almost 2,000 people that replied and mm-hmm. 2,000 athletic subscribers that replied, and we had literally one person said he, that he did an excellent job. I cannot confirm or deny if that one person is, in fact, Artie Moreno. I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if he has a subscription. But but I do know it was just one person. So the, to mm-hmm. say that it's a vocal minority that's sitting here and upset at him, it's, you know, it's not true, right? This is not, there's no factual basis for that. So I think people were excited right. about the idea of something kind of coming in, changing, you know, changing the way things are done. That doesn't always mean good changes, but, you know, I think if somebody's going to pay $3 billion, a record amount for a major league franchise, there was going to be... This was going to operate like a big market team, and uh, you know I think a lot of the answers, if you really parse through every word he said, makes me believe that you know this is not a big market team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if I'm an Angels fan and I've watched this team for the last eight years spin their tires and not really 
come close to reaching October, yeah, I'm looking for any kind of change, any kind of inflection point, and there would have been no bigger one than a new owner stepping in, a new owner with, you know, as big a pockets potentially as new Mets owner Steve Cohen. And you see what's going on on the other side of the country in New York about how much money Cohen's investing in the team, and you can't help but get stars in your eyes and wonder, is the new Angels owner, is that what, you know, my Angels are going to turn into? And instead, Artie says he's not selling the team, doubles down on it by having this press conference or having an, making himself available to the media for the first time in years and essentially saying, I'm here and it's the status quo. Yep, 100%. And the thing you, you mentioned, Steve Cohen, which I mean, going off that a little bit, he basically said, well, we're not, if we get outspent by our, some of these rivals by $100 million, I think, and he's basically alluding to the Yankees, Dodgers, and Mets, mm-hmm. you know, he referred to that as we cannot afford to lose 100, another $100 million. And I thought that was really telling verbiage, that he, he looks at spending that money as losing that money, that, that to mm-hmm. go over the luxury tax and to spend an extra $100 million on your payroll is losing. And I would argue that that is investing, right? That's investing in a product that can return your investment, right? You can, when, I mean, look at the Padres, what they're doing right now. Uh, They spent more, and they're not, they're not as, they don't play in, I mean, Angels aren't in Los Angeles, but I think you could argue they're in a bigger market than San Diego. But still, I mean, they're spending more, and they're basically saying, you know, money's no object here. We're going to, we're going to spend what it takes, and that's to, I mean, look what, look, what, look what happened last year. I mean, they went and beat the Dodgers in the playoffs. Look at their fans. Look at that city. I mean, that's putting money into something and then getting a return on it. And I think that's what... You see their fan fest was sold out. They had to stop people from lining up around the block. That's how excited Padres fans are for, you know, what's coming this season. And, and you know what the Angels fan fest looked like? Huh? Didn't have one. They don't have one. <laughs> so, they, you know, that just, and again, it's just part of all of the same conversation that we're having here. So that's to me, that to right. me is, I mean, you know, this is, this is to invest in a team is, is not losing money. Uh, it's not burning it. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, and I think maybe the angels might view it that way because they have right. burned money on certain players. They've made those, they've made critical errors. Uh, and I think you could argue right. some, some pretty foreseeable critical errors in some mm-hmm. cases, uh, like Anthony Rendon, you know, he certainly earned a, a significant contract, but, um, I don't know if they really. I don't know if, if he was got paid exactly what. I mean, he's certainly not living up to that contract. You know, Albert yeah. Pujols. You know, you, you look at a guy who was past thirty at the time. Really, I mean, two hundred and forty million dollars for ten years. There's just so much there that makes you scratch your head, and and it doesn't. And it plays out exactly as I think most people would expect it to. Yeah, and I think when I think of like owners and already viewing it as losing millions, and millions of dollars. I mean. The vast majority of sports, professional sports owners, I'm sure, are wildly successful businessmen and women. And these people, you know, got to where they are relying on their instincts and their business savvy. And then all of a sudden they run a sports team. And I think they try to look at it in the same way as maybe the businesses that they scaled to be incredibly successful. And like, you know, it's not the same formula does not necessarily apply to professional sports as it does in the real business world. Um, and I think that's what causes some owners to really just put the clamps on and almost refuse to put more money in because they know they're not getting a lot of money out. And that certainly applies to, you know, the smaller market teams in baseball who maybe aren't getting the fan turnout that uh, the bigger market teams are, even like the Angels. 
Yeah, I mean, that's totally... I mean, there are so many instances in this transcript, which I really hope everyone gets a chance to go and look at. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this, it would help you to kind of have that transcript up or maybe even read it beforehand because there's, you know, it it gives a lot of context to the stuff we're talking about. But I mean, you referenced it just the way it's a business, right? Like there was, Mm -hmm. there were so many things in the, in that transcript where he basically alludes to just the, like the nitty gritty business stuff that I don't think you know, we're all that interested in as, as reporters who are covering baseball. I mean, we should be interested in some of it, but you know, it's just not as relevant. Like I asked him, are you going to reinvest more in the other areas of the team? And he starts kind of filibustering is the second question that I, you know, that was asked and he starts Mm -hmm. talking about how, you know, they, uh, all the different little upgrades they're making to the state, not even upgrades, like just like we are putting money into the stadium and it's like, they're painting, they're painting. They did. They repainted the, the, the big A last week, apparently. So, and the hat and the hats. Yeah. So, uh, you know, fresh coat of paint. Uh, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate that because that is a little thing that they needed to do. And they did. And that credit to them for, for like doing the little things. I think they need to be doing more of that. At the same time, you know, when I'm asking about reinvesting in the organization, this is more about, you know, your people, the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, your your personnel, your coaches, your development people. This is that's what I'm asking about, and I and I was surprised that his mind goes directly to that point of like, you know, mm-hmm. business fan experience stuff, and and fans will have a good experience if you put a good product on the field, you know, the 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 cheap right. gear, the cheap hats, like that's all nice, but what they want is a win. And they want winning teams. And, and, you know, I mean, I asked him about his legacy, uh, you know, if he cares about if winning is part of his legacy. And, you know, I don't think he had a terrible answer. He basically said that, I, you know, my legacy is I don't think about that that much. I think about, you know, the fans and how they their experience. But I, I genuinely think that he's thinking about fan experience as part of his legacy and not necessarily the fans getting mm-hmm. to see winning playoff baseball. You know, I think he would love to have that happen. I think he'd love to win. Uh, but... I don't. I don't come away from this feeling like that's the be-all, end-all, most important, all-important thing here. Mm-hmm. If Artie were to sell the team today, what do you think his legacy would be? I mean, I I don't think there's any other way to look at it other than a abject failure. I mean, that and that's not to hammer him or to be you know to make a personal insult toward him. It's not. It's just it's just what it would be if he and he has an opportunity to fix that. I think they have an opportunity to have a great year this year. I think they have a good roster. I think they've made some good changes. I think Perry Manazian has done a good job. Um, but if mm-hmm. you were to ask me what it, but as you just did ask me, what would this look like if he were to leave today, which is obviously the scenario that he was kind of foreseeing as of several months ago, I don't think it could be anything other than a failure because they haven't, you know, that if he came in mm-hmm. the year after they won the World Series and they had some good years. I'm not sure how much of that was his work or just kind of piggybacking off of the success. The, and the foundation, and, yeah, yeah, that the was roster. already there. Um, you know, and, and listen, they, they had a pretty good run up until 2014. You know, I mean, they, they didn't make the playoffs uh, 10 through 14, but they, they still had pretty good teams. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, this is, this is, it's been run into the ground in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, it's just, it just has. I mean, I don't think that they've got a very, uh, good foundation to be long-term successful i think they could win this year uh mm-hmm. we'll see what happens beyond that but yeah i mean there's just not a lot i mean i don't know how would you're an outsider to all of us i mean i don't know how you would look at it if you would look yeah. at it any differently yeah i think if i were to you know write Artie's legacy today i'd say a guy who is always willing to spend money on his payroll which cannot be said about every owner in baseball so i do give him credit for that 
Um, but it just seems like it's just, you know, that quite literally, I'm going to spend money on players, not necessarily thinking strategically about who those players are or how the whole roster is as a whole, but I'm going to, you know, look at the next shiny object on the free agent market and I'm going to pay Josh Hamilton all that money. I'm going to pay Anthony Rendon all this money. I'm going to think about wanting to pay Trey Turner all that money, disregarding, you know, how your 25 or your 26 man roster looks. Um, and I think when you think back to all of these seasons, the Angels have piled up now where they haven't made the playoffs. It's purely just because they haven't had a good enough roster to do that. So, yeah, I think of Artie as someone who's been willing to spend money, but I, I think he's been willing to just spend it in the wrong ways. I just think that's the issue. You know, and he made an interesting revealing comment, I thought, um, where he said that he said, I mean, and listen, there's no way to verify this comment outside of being able to look through the books of every major league team, including the Angels. Mm-hmm. But he said that 50 percent. Uh, revenues typically, uh, major league revenues typically go to payroll. And he said that the Angels are typically at 60%, and this year will actually be higher. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So to me, that's like, I think he maybe was trying to use that as a maybe a, a comment to brag about how much they're putting into their payroll. But I looked at mm-hmm. it as, well, you know, if you're using that much, uh, I mean, it's, it just means that they're spending relatively a lot less percentage wise, and maybe even just in dollars and cents wise, compared to other teams on other things outside of payroll. If you're spending 40% mm-hmm. of your revenue, unless you're getting a significant amount more revenue than even you know some big market or small market teams, which I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, I would have a hard right. time believing that it is true. They're clearly spending less of it on things outside of payroll. And then their payroll, on the other hand, isn't even that high. I mean, it's high, it's top 10 for sure, and it's higher mm-hmm. than it has been this year than, other, than in other years. But sure. it's not like it's not like it's it's high enough to be competitive if they're not bringing a lot of guys up through a pipeline of minor league talent, and they, which they're not doing. You know. Sure. I mean, I have a hard time criticizing you know any owner for not spending if they're in the top ten payroll, regardless of how the numbers actually look. Because I just, but I I say that on one hand, and on the other, I think it's completely valid for any fan to want their team to spend more and more and more because, you know, it's easy to sit here and believe that the money's there the game these franchises are worth more than they ever have been the game itself is bringing in more money than it ever has um yeah so i think i think all criticism is valid i think it's unfair to look at Artie and the angels and say they're not spending they're not spending any money but yeah i think it's totally fair to argue they should be spending more especially given like you said they're riding the longest playoff drought in baseball right now right next to the tigers so if they're really determined to get over that hump, then they're probably going to have to spend their way out of it until the farm system catches up, if it catches up. If it catches up, because, I mean, listen, I think things are, you know, they're in a good trajectory, but it is, um, you know, until things start actually come coming to fruition, until you start really seeing those players. And it's not just those first-round picks, which they have really right. missed on. I mean, we're talking Joe Adele, Jordan Adams. You know, uh, those are, you know, they're good players. I think they can at some point maybe have an impact on the major league roster, but, you know, we're not seeing yeah. it right now. Um, Sam Bachman, you know, I think he could, but is he going to be a starter or is he just going to be a one-inning reliever? I mean, the, are they really bringing up guys to the big leagues? Reed Detmers is a, is the right now the kind of the standard. But outside of that, there's not a ton of guys coming up that we're seeing really produce homegrown talent. It's just not happening. Former, former first-round pick by the Angels, Will Wilson, sent over to the Giants in a trade to get rid of, I believe, Zach Cozart's salary uh, there you a go. couple winters ago, if you recall. Yeah, I mean, and we're talking about investment. Zach Cozart's probably in one of the all-time, you know, 
uh, <laughs> he's not going in uh, the Angels Hall of Fame. Yeah, and look, like you just said, it's it you know you end up having to pay the, pay the price with your with your draft picks. I mean, that's what the Angels have done this year. I mean, the past couple of years. I mean, they need to fill out their rotation, and what do they do? They've they've the last two years they signed Noah Syndergaard and Tyler Anderson at the cost of draft picks. So it's it's you mm-hmm. know you're you're making choices that are not going to build you up long term. Uh, that's right. just the facts, you know. Is, right. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of those Angels pitchers. Another guy in that rotation is one uh, Shohei Otani. Right. Um, what did, What did Artie have to say about Otani? Well, I mean, <laughs> the, I thought the, the or funny, rather, what didn't he have to say about Otani? The funny comment that he made, and I didn't even realize this until I went back and listened to it, whereas he said, you know, he's the most unique player in the game. He's probably one of the top five to ten best players. And I'm like, <laughs> I was just, I listened to that. I was, I was like, I literally, I went to the other beer. I was, I was like, is this really? Do you think this is what he meant? Like, is that what he said? Like, you know. Top mm-hmm. five to ten, maybe of all time, but that's not what he said, and, and it's not in the context that he said it. Didn't did not come across as if he was talking about all time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean to suggest that Otani is in the only within the top five to ten best players in the sport right now is a it's just not true, right? Like I think I think he's you could probably we could probably sit here and talk for an hour whether or not he's one or number two right now <laughs> who's Aaron Judge who's number you know who's Aaron Judge number one is he number yeah, one right that's the conversation there's no beyond that the conversation ends uh, I mean you know Mike Trout is obviously his teammate I think he'd probably be in the top five to ten right now but mm-hmm. um uh yeah maybe maybe he'd be in the top three even but listen Otani's is is ahead of, of him right now he just is uh you know he's he, he's incredible He's the best, in my opinion. I think he's the best player yeah. in the sport. So that was weird. We're talking about long-term investment stuff, though. I mean, you know, he said he thought he could make a competitive offer to Otani, and he said he'd be willing, willing to go over the uh, the luxury tax. I think we can give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Uh, but listen, his track mm-hmm. record doesn't doesn't line up with, with that. Right. Yeah, I mean, with so many things with the Angels and so many things with Artie, it's I'll believe it when I see it. Could they go over? Sure, they could. Um, but I don't think there's a lot of reason to sit here on, you know, in March and believe that it's going to happen in a few months come the trade deadline in July. Um, and who knows? The Angels are really in a bad spot regarding the standings. Like, instead of re-signing Otani, maybe the attention is completely focused on what kind of return they can get for him, get for him on the trade market. And that also, you know, inevitably seems like a decision that's going to come down to what Artie wants to do. Totally agree that it will be an RD decision just to pretty much. I mean, that, you know, listen, that's a whole topic for another day, probably, is is, is the mm-hmm. level of autonomy that, uh, you know, G, the GMs have while working under Artie Moreno. Uh, you know, I asked, I specifically did ask about that. And, you know, this whole scene was so yeah. weird because literally, and I wanted to ask kind of what he thought about the job Perry was doing, but it would be a little bit weird when you consider that <laughs> Perry was standing literally right next to him, like nodding the whole time. Uh, throughout this 30-minute media scrum with three reporters and four PR people. Um, you know, like, mm-hmm. l- listen, that you know, when you're a billionaire, you can have people stand next to you and nod, and, and when you direct them to answer questions, they will. Um, yeah. You know, it was, a, it was a weird scene. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't, I did not come away from that feeling that Perry has a full autonomy. And not that any GM has full autonomy, but... Uh, that would be autonomy. I know you've got Shohei on the mind. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got it. Yeah. It's sorry. Sorry. Autonomy. <laughs> Otani. Autonomy. Uh, 
you know, but yeah, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll no, tell you were saying, um, you know, but it, listen, it's not that any GM has full. I don't, yeah, I don't think any GM has has that. But at the same time, I mean, I asked him if he felt like, you know, is, is, is his meddling reputation a fair one? He was like, well, you know, the GM is involved in all these discussions. And my takeaway from that was, well, is the GM involved in all these discussions, or is it that the GM goes to you and he's making like who's making the decision? Who's making the decisions? I understand mm-hmm. that owners have to approve things and they have to pay for things, but right. you know it's it's a matter of who's really the one kind of leading that, and I, I don't really feel like I know. And even already acknowledged that he's kind of involved, like in every negotiation to some extent. Right. I was going to say, from looking at the transcript, it, I believe you asked him or whoever asked the question, like you know, put it out there to already that he has a reputation as a meddlesome owner, and it sounds like he didn't really push back on that. No, I mean he didn't. Right. Like he he kind of. A little bit, but I don't think I don't think it did the work that he thought it maybe was doing to be like, you know, I don't think. I, I listen, and you know, it's mm-hmm. his it's his team, right? Like you could do what you want, you could hire who you want. I mean, that's the beauty of it. But it's just, mm-hmm. we, but then here's what happens on the other end: we can criticize it, we can we can, you know, call it out, we can observe what we see, and then you know the results will be what the results will be. Um, mm-hmm. So I like you said with Otani. Uh, believe when you see it i'm I'm. here's my question for you though do you think yeah. it would even be smart for them to to re-sign otani because and i and i ask that in the context mm-hmm. of they're they already have certain contracts lined up you know they don't have a lot of wiggle room maybe to build a roster around three players that they currently already yeah. have and they do not see success with and they're going to mm-hmm. be older. I mean, what, what is it smart? Like, what's the pro, what's the thought process? I mean, we're gonna it's gonna be an important year yeah. for them. How do you look at it? I think I think with the Angels and honestly any team that signs Otani, it's not a smart investment unless you're willing to make many millions of dollars more in investments beyond Otani. Otani has to be looked at as a finishing piece to a team that's already really good, or a centerpiece to a team that's going to be built around him and quickly. So I look at what the Padres have done in, you know, giving Manny Machado a new contract and bringing in Xander Bogarts and trading for Juan Soto. Like, that's the team, that's the kind of team doing what I'm talking about in that, you know, they're bringing in a star player, but then they're doing more. They're doubling down, they're tripling down, um, you know, almost to a laughable extent. I'm not saying the Angels need to turn into the Padres, but Mm. if I'm the Angels, signing Otani is only a smart investment if your payroll is willing to grow beyond whatever it rises to when you add Otani's new contract to the books, because the angels with, you know, the angels remaining status quo and keeping Otani and not making any real additions or, you know, yeah, not making any additions beyond that. Like that's a team that's on the bubble to use a March madness term. That's a team that as it's currently built is not a slam dunk to make the playoffs. It's a team that you go into spring training thinking like, well, like, you know, ABC and D go right. Like we got a chance. Um, so yeah, it makes sense for the Angels to re-sign Otani only if they're willing to sign a lot more and sign a lot more players and make more investments. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make sense if Otani's going to hamstring the payroll and you know you're going to bump up against your ceiling and be like, okay, well we got Shohei back and that's it. Let's see how it goes. I, that's not a recipe for any organization to have success. Could not have said it any better myself. Totally agree with every word you just said, and I think that Otani is smart enough. And uh, to understand that exact that wh- where he's gonna fit, right? He wants to he wants to right. be that that guy that's not that's not gonna he doesn't want to sign on. I don't think to a team that's you know not in position, not ready 
right? right. Like, and, and right. listen, we're, we've not gotten a single indication from Otani, from his agent, from Perry, from Artie, from Phil Nevin, from Mike Trout, from anybody that makes me feel like he's like leaning toward returning to the Angels, right? Uh, I mean, I again, on the flip side of it, there hasn't been anything concrete that suggested he's ready to get out the door. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think at the best or the worst, depending on how you look at it, he's pretty seems pretty locked in on the idea of maybe hitting free agency at the very least, which, you know, he yeah. certainly earned that right. And, and uh, you know, if I was his agent, I'd probably give him that advice too. Uh, it's just it's just a smart thing to do. He's going to make a lot of money. Um, you know, obviously yeah. the, the risk involved is, you know, you're on a walk year and, you know, if you have a bad, either have a bad year or you get hurt, especially if he gets hurt, that could be a significant issue for sure. him. But it's, you know, he's not, he, I'm just being around this guy enough, I don't think he thinks like that. I think he's pretty confident in his ability to, to have an excellent season and go and make even more money than we're probably thinking he's going to make right now. And so, uh, yeah. you know, he listen, if he has an MVP caliber season, again, three straight years, he's going to make every dollar and he's going to have earned every dollar. Every It's going to be yeah. like, they're going to be going to like all the other players in baseball and be like, sorry, like we're going to, this is Otani's money now. Yeah. We thought you had money, but no, it's, it, it belongs to Shohei. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, just even as a generic casual baseball fan even just a sports fan i'd be on you know the edge of my seat wondering how much money is this guy going to get i mean it's like when patrick mahomes got what at least on paper was a half a billion dollar contract from the chiefs it's like well what is otani gonna get is he gonna get more he quite possibly could i not along with anyone who says it's a slam dunk he's getting that much money um but i don't really know but i can't wait to find out i think it's truly one of the most fascinating at least off-season baseball storylines we've had in a long time um and you know we'll see my read on this from the outside is that it sounds like everyone has played this upcoming free agency very by the book the angels are saying all the right things and in, in that they want otani back they appreciate how great he is and otani's saying you know the things you would expect a player to say who's about to make a big splash in the free agent market you know a guy who appreciates the angels but also uh i'm gonna focus on the task at hand which is getting through this season and we'll see where i'm at after that right yeah yeah i mean you know it's it's i don't blame him one bit for whatever he wants to do i mean he's got to want to come back if he's going to come back and that was already made that point and you know one of the things that he said that i actually agreed with i mean you know this is you can't you can't buy a player. I mean, you can, I think, to some extent, maybe really if you could mm-hmm. put a certain amount of money and maybe you could sort of buy a player. But, uh, I mean, especially someone like him, he's going to he's gonna have the, the you know pick of the litter, right? He's going to be able to choose where he wants yep. to go. He's going to be able to kind of weigh every option. And, um, you know, it's a smart thing to do to kind of see what, what, where those options kind of take him. Uh, I, have, yep. uh, I have no doubt that um, he'll have a good year. I feel very confident. I mean, you know. There's, yeah, there's no reason not to think that, especially after the way the last couple seasons have gone. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of if he's able to stay healthy. And, you know, we, he, he had trouble with that early on in his major league career and, you know, mm-hmm. has for the most part been, you know, I mean, uh, it's as durable as, I think, beyond the scope of what anybody thought was possible the last couple seasons. So, Ferrari, it's, it's you know, how, how he kind of plays into this. Uh, I was a little surprised he said that he hadn't even really sat down with him at all. Um you know, I don't necessarily think that sitting down with someone necessarily means you have to work out a contract extension. I just think sitting mm-hmm. down with someone could be as simple as just checking where their head's at, you know, seeing how they're mm-hmm. doing, making sure they're happy, making sure they have what they need. I mean, you have a player like that. I think that's an important part of it, right? Um, yeah. You know, making them feel cared about, making them feel like they're being listened to, making them feel like they're important. So I, I'm a little And it surprised. sounds like the, that he did that with Trout. Would you agree? 
you know, it's kind of before my time, so you know, yeah. not something I would have first direct-hand knowledge. But even like you said, yeah, just reading what he said and what he, listening to what he said yesterday. Yeah, I mean, that was he said he did it with Trout. So I mean, listen, Trout's still here. Trout wanted to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he also wanted to stay, and he got the largest contract of all time. Um, <laughs> that helps. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't hurt. I mean, again, uh, we're, we're talking like this is such an inflection point year for the Angels because listen, what happens next year if the Angels have another sub five hundred season and Otani walks, and, and there's not really mm-hmm. and like what's gonna like we don't know what's gonna where Artie's head's gonna be, what's gonna happen? Like, sure. where's Trout gonna be at at that point? You know, he's gonna be almost thirty two yeah. years old playing for a team that just seems like okay, they've done everything, they've pulled every. Mm-hmm. You know, hat out of the or, or rabbit out of the hat, and it's not worked. Like, where is he going to be at in a year if this doesn't work, right? And it kind of has to work, yep. I think. I think otherwise, this whole thing could really just kind of come crumbling. So we'll see. It's such an important flexion point year. I mean, I know people go into every year feeling mm-hmm. a certain way like that, but this feels like just a massive, massive, massive season for the Angels. Yeah, if the pressure's ever been on to win, it's right now, and that's kind of awesome. If I'm an Angels fan, that's great. Oh, Bring yeah. it on. That's oh, what yeah. that's what you want out of your team. You want the pressure to be there to win. Totally. Every single year, ideally, but if not every year, at least take it right now in this moment. And that's what's, you know, on the Angels right now. The pressure to win is here. I mean and I, I think know, that's great. I know you're a Giants fan and I know that I think, you know, and this is just my bird's eye view of the Giants. It kind mm. of feels like they they're they're doing some similar things with you know, kind of just running it back to some extent and hoping that it works and but it doesn't, you know, I don't know if that urgency feels the same and if it feels like they're just kind of stagnant. And listen, the Angels are stagnant, but they're in a way that just kind of feels like the, the, the stakes are as high as they are. And, you know, I, you know yeah. it's just... No, it's... there's no comparing the Angels and the Giants right now. This is not a Giants podcast, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. But for the past couple seasons, Farhan Zaidi has set up his chessboard with a bunch of one-year pawns that have, you know, turned out to be pretty good deals for the most part but then he's discarded those and brought in a fresh new crop when those one-year deals work out and those players want more than a one-year deal come the following winter and he's not going to be handing those out so it's a lot of uh rinse repeat replenish and um i guess it's a good recipe to you know have a really high floor if you will to you know feel good about winning 75 to 80 games but uh you know if you're in the business of only trying to win 75 to 80 games it's not a great product on the field. And I think Angels fans know that better than uh, I was going to say, most. 75 to 80 wins is that was right that wheelhouse. That's that's <laughs> Angel. That, that that's is Angels baseball. Yeah, that's Haloville for you. It might as well be on the on the the right under the big A. Guaranteed yes. to get you 75 to 80 wins annually. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to put that in any of their marketing materials anytime soon. <laughs> but um, they don't need to because anyone who's watched this team closely over the past few years, or not that closely, could tell you that much. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up here, you've spent a lot of time in Arizona. Just want to know, what's what's the big picture feel of how this spring training camp has gone for the Angels? Just kind of take the temperature for everyone who hasn't gotten the chance to, uh, you know, check in yet. I think that's the interesting dichotomy with this team because, you know, there's, it seems like everything is so existential for them, and it is. But mm-hmm. it is, you know, in a lot of ways, I think this is a good team. I do. Like, and I, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get, you know, maybe I'll get uh, dinged for saying that in, like, two weeks when they're, like, you know, 0-3, it just got swept in Oakland. We'll see. <laughs> but I think it's an okay team. I mean, maybe I'm buying drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit too much. But, you know, I mean, we're watching, uh, you know, guys like Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval really come on well as starting pitchers. And I think that, I mean, you add those two to what Shohei Otani automatically brings. I'll be curious to see if Tyler Anderson kind of fits in the mold that he had last year with the Dodgers when he was an all-star. 
but you know, mm-hmm. just say for the you know, sake of an example, really, that like those four guys are are durable, reliable, pitching free every you know five six days. Uh, that's pretty good, right? I mean, that that works. Their lineup obviously is is has what it has, um, and I think that they're built for an injury should it come, and it will come, right? It, it always does, not just with the Angels but with everybody, and that's why I hate hearing about excuses that they've given and they gave and already gave in this last you know, scrum about, well, you know, we've been injured and it's, well, everybody's injured. Everybody had COVID. Everybody had all that, that crap. So, you know, they mm. seem to have been able to put themselves in a position where they don't need to worry about ex- these excuses as much. I think that uh, mm-hmm. they'll be, they're well suited to, to win games. Uh, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if kind of the things on paper make sense once the, once the bell rings, um, you know, but I could see them winning 90 games this year. I could see them getting a wild card and, you know, once you get to that point, I can. You know, who knows what happens? They could they could lose in two days, or they could. Uh, you know, they could win it all. So once you get to the playoffs, they get to crapshoot. But uh, they they're built to win. I You're think right. they really are, in my opinion. So we'll see. Yeah, I was gonna say if I could uh, push you for a prediction to set in stone as opening day approaches, and I recognize we're not there. You know, um, a lot could happen in these next several days before opening day. But assuming. Assuming all stays the same, what do you think the most likely outcome is for the Angels in the 2023 season? I'll go 88-74, third wild card. That's what I think. That's, I think, the most likely, you know, scenario. And and listen, if if this roster, if you were to transplant this roster to, like, an organization that I thought was really well-functioning and, you know, high-end year-to-year, I'd probably give them 95 wins. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just don't think the Angels have earned that benefit of the doubt. I also think that, listen, if you were to... If you were to tell me right now, hey, the Angels finished with 75 wins again, I'd be like, well, mm-hmm. you know what? I believe you. <laughs> just because it just, it just is the way things go sometimes. And it's just the uh-huh. way things go here. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'd be a little bit surprised just because it's, you know, they look like they're built to win. I think they have a good enough roster. I think it's just can they get out of their own way can they can already get out of his way can Lee let perry mm-hmm. kind of call the shots full time and yeah. you know can phil nevin kind of have uh autonomy uh you know without and you know can phil can can perry stay out of phil's way to some extent that was an issue last year yeah. with joe madden like can all these things kind of work together in a, in a well-functioning manner it will be a good yeah. year for them if it does yeah yeah and i'll wrap up by throwing my prediction yeah, out there yours? that I'm very much, I'll believe it when I see it with the Angels. I think they're definitely a better team than they were last year, but I don't necessarily see this year ending with them in the playoffs. I think they'll get close, but I think when you survey the American League, you've got a lot of good teams. Even within your own division, you've got the Astros. The Mariners made the playoffs last year. The Rangers with Bruce Bruce Bochy in the dugout now. I would expect some improvement. It's a steep climb. I'm not saying the Rangers are making the playoffs, but I'm just saying I think they'll be better than they were. And then you look over to the American League East. I think the Orioles are on the rise a little bit. Again, doesn't mean they're going to be in the playoffs, but it just I think the American League as a league is better. I think the floor for a lot of those teams is higher than it has been. And I think, you know, that's just going to make it tougher when you look at it as a math equation. It's going to make it tougher for the Angels to win as many games as they want. So I totally I agree. Think the, the Orioles yeah. are on the rise. And, yeah. and you know, the thing I will say that, look, you know, gives, I think, the Angels a little more hope is that there's a balanced schedule this year. So, you know, you're not having to play. Like you mentioned, this AL West is really good. The AL as a whole is pretty good. Yeah. Central, maybe not so much. But 
Um, you know, they don't have to play the Astros like 19 times this year. Uh, they don't have to play the Mariners 19 times. And uh, the Rangers are a really interesting team. You know, if those starters stay healthy, I think they could be really good. So, yeah, sure. it's, it's a really good division. And you're right, that could make it harder to get a wild card spot. But I think it also makes it a little easier when you consider that, you know, they're also going to play the entire National League this year uh, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a different way that obviously hasn't been the case before the season. Yeah, again, with the Angels in so many facets, I'll believe it when I see it. Believe it when I see it. That could have been the, t- that could have been the title of our uh, podcast. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, put it on a T-shirt, put it on some podcast art. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, well, this has been fun, Connor. I think we, uh, I think we got something here. So, I, uh, and I appreciate absolutely. I appreciate you coming on and being a part of this and introducing yourself to, you know, Halo Nation, calling all Halos. Uh, I'm locked in. I'm stoked for this season. Yeah, let's ride. Yeah, let's do it. So, thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. Uh, you know, just keep refreshing the page. Uh, you know, every day, and once it, one of these days, there'll be another episode. So. We look forward to that day, and we look forward to uh, you listening again in the future. All right, take care.